Hey everyone, it's Carly here again, and I'm back with another episode of the I've Got Your Number podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about Enneagram Type 5. I'm here with Evan and Brennan. Would you guys mind telling me just a little bit about yourselves? Hi, I'm kind of a uh, introverted person with an extroverted personality. I like to self-reflect a lot. I always worry about how I'm treating others and what they think of me and if I'm doing the right thing. Uh, there's a lot of crazy things about me, but I, that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> Thank you, Brennan. Um, I would actually say that I'm extroverted with an introverted personality. So actually the opposite there. Um, I'm really awkward. <laughs> I have trouble figuring out what people want of me, but it matters to me a lot what people want of me. So I tend to really overthink like, and second guess, if people aren't super explicit direct with me, I don't understand what they want out of me. Um, I'm not very good with instructions. I'm pretty lazy, but I'm really creative. And that's like the one good thing consistently through my life that people have told me. So that's some stuff about me. And I'm Evan. I, did I say my name? I didn't say my name. I'm Evan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Evan. Well, I'm really excited to have you guys on here with me today. So thank you. Uh-huh. So the first question that I have for you guys today is just kind of a general question. Um, It's a little deep right off the bat, which it was supposed to be an icebreaker question, but I don't know if I would call it that. Um, It's just how well do you think you know yourself? I would say I know myself pretty well. I tend to self-reflect and think about my feelings and responses to situations I'm in. Uh, I'm bad at giving things to myself, and I focus a lot on others and what I can do for them. And then sometimes when I find myself thinking about myself, I worry too much that I'm not thinking about others enough. Mm. Um, I struggle a lot with that because it's difficult for me to, because I look around and I, and I feel like I don't understand everyone else in the same way. So it's hard for me to like understand myself when I can't bounce off of other people and and understand everyone else and be like, okay, that's what I am. So I can, that's why, that's why things like in media representation of different ways of being and different types of people is so important because that's how people form their identity. So I've, I've definitely struggled with that. And so it feels like I've had to do a lot of the hard work myself and do a lot of like deep thinks about myself to understand myself. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm getting somewhere with that. Um, but I have actually struggled a lot with like knowing myself and under and and it's also difficult when I might know my needs but other people don't understand them or I can't express them properly Mm -hmm. so it's like when my needs and like what I'm trying to express isn't understood then I feel unable to like understand myself like in the scheme of things so I, I don't think I know myself as well as I would like to but I'm actively always working on it and I always think very hard about it yeah I always try to suppress my emotions. Mm. Like Desiree's always like, I miss my family and my dog. And like when I'm at, when I'm up here two hours away, I just don't think about my family. I don't think about my dog so that I don't feel sad. You know what I mean? I feel like I try not to talk about that stuff because I feel weird because I feel like I don't experience emotions in the way everyone else yeah, does. I kind of feel um, the same too. Yeah, like I'll go through something bad and it's like once I leave the like when my dog when we put like my childhood dog they bought it for yeah. me when I was a baby. Right. When they put it down, it's like when everyone else in the room was crying, like Mm -hmm. I cried with everyone because I don't really cry ever unless other people in the room are crying. And then once we left, like I was fine. 
that's how I am. Yeah, that's exactly how I am. Like, and people might call me like heartless or something. Or I try to have like a conversation with one of my, like I think about like when people die, people die. Mm-hmm. Even I'm like I don't think I would react in the way people would. like. If there was like a, one of those cases where it's like. Like oh this this person they're the way they're acting they're so detached from the yeah. fact that this, they lost this person they're not right. weeping and stuff they're, let's accuse them I feel yeah. like I would be accused because I don't <laughs> sob and like reflect on that stuff yeah. I'm just like okay that's out of yeah. my life now I'm moving on that's how yeah. I am. and I yeah. I wonder how much is because people would try to tell me like that's you repressing your emotions and yeah. you actually have a lot under the surface but I've never been able to dig that up yeah, and like same. find it yeah literally so, <laughs> so that's that's an interesting experience. Like I yeah I haven't I haven't had much loss in my life but the few losses that I have, it's not like I repress it I just get over it and like mm-hmm. I guess I have like I find solace and like it just was meant to happen when it happened and I I guess I'm more of a forward looker mm-hmm. like I'm not one to look back over my shoulder at what what's happened I look more towards the future and like I try to f- every day have something to look forward to to keep my you know my mind in a good place yeah Enneagram there are like some types that are emotional thinkers and then there are some types that almost repress I don't like to use the word repress because but it's like like you guys and you don't really yeah they kind of push back their emotions but then there are some that are very logical thinkers so I wonder if that's what yeah like I that's of, why. Yeah, I sort of feel like I have to process everything logically yes. in a way. Um, and that, that comes with, like, every single little thing. Like, I'm always over... Like, I'll be walking somewhere. And if I if I do something multiple times, so, like, the walk to my dorm, then mm-hmm. I'm, I make a logical map in my yep. brain of, like, this is the... And I'll try a few different pathways, but I'm like, this is the fastest route to get to from point A to point B if that's I do exactly that. That's exactly why it is. It's kind of freaky. That is like, so everything funny. she said, I'm like, that's me. That's so I'm funny. telling you, this it's crazy accurate. Um, and I, I tend to do that with, I guess, emotional situations as well. So some people would, might call me like heartless in that situation. But I was having a conversation with Marie, actually, about like death and loss and stuff, right. I guess. And she was like, would you be upset if this happened? I was like... Well, I guess I would be, like, upset if someone, like, who affects my day-to-day, like, right. logically affects my day-to-day in a, yeah. in a considerable way mm-hmm. died. I'd be, like, most upset because right. then the day-to-day is, you know, pulled apart. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if it's, like, someone, like, like, this might sound, I love my grandma, but mm-hmm. I never interact with my grandma. Yeah. So if she died, I don't think I would feel something the way other people feel right. something. And to me, that's, like, a logical reaction. Yes. Yeah, so that that's how that makes sense to me. And then with yeah. people's feelings, people's feelings are really important to me. Yeah. And I am invested in people, but maybe not in a conventional way. But I try to, like, I, I think this benefits me in some ways because I try to really think, like, when someone's mad or upset, I try I have to, like, sit down and think of, like, their perspective yeah. of it. And, like, mm-hmm. like, I put, like, a simulation of, like, what if I was them? Like, what could yeah. they be going through? What if I was emotional? Yeah. <laughs> and try to Same. logic my way through it and be yeah. like, what is the ideal response? And my friends have told me stuff like I would be a good, like, social media manager or something yeah. because I'm so good at like like Putting when yourself. a yeah when there's like a scandal or something with a celebrity I, I like to look at the situation and break it down logically and be like this is the exact apology that they should make <laughs> this is every step that they need to say and this is logical and covers all grounds <laughs> and they're like you would be good at that but that's how I tend to interact with people and sometimes it's bad because then I end up overthinking things and it can be really stressful but I definitely would say I approach everything at every corner of everything logically yeah. 
Yeah, it says somewhere here, good at something about being good at, uh, wait, where is it? Something about good at being at like damage control, basically, mm-hmm. and which is basically what you just said, yeah. like yeah. logically. I tend to be, to... and in my friend group, I always tend to be the person to like, and I do have emotions. Like I do get times where I'm like angry, right. but I'm always the first person to step away and, and take a bit it. to cool down and then yeah. be like, okay, let's all talk. And mm-hmm. I get very frustrated and I do have trouble bouncing with emotional reactors who like are the type to like, oh, I just need time away. I just need to ignore it. And I'm like, I want to solve it right now. Yep. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah, and so I get, I'm like, I'm not like mad anymore, but now I'm getting a little frustrated because it feels like counterproductive to yeah. let this sit yeah. for oh, so yeah. long. That's but exactly I, yeah. how I am too. But I, but you know, I try to do the logic simulation where I'm like, they genuinely are experiencing something that I'm not yeah. and they need to cool down. And right. I can't understand that, but I should probably afford them that yeah yeah that's so, so funny my my mom's a five and my dad is an eight so my mom oh, is the exact shoot. same way yeah. but my dad always would be gets like he stuff. just he gets riled up but then he retreats and like mm. for like a day just like doesn't want to talk just really? wants to like Dang. think to himself that's kind and of what does is actually really yeah that's me my mom and I are both like, we want to solve it now. We want to be here for you. We want to fix it. Right. And he's just like, no, that's not what I need. And that's it's hard exactly how it does it, to so. comprehend. <laughs> She's probably an eight then. Probably. Because like, I have to like dig it out of her. I have to be like, come on, let's just solve this now so we're not upset with each yeah. other for the rest of the day. But like, we'll be on vacation and she'd get ticked at me. She'd just be like, all right. And then just go, her and her sister would go off. And then me and her brother would just hang out the rest of the day. I'm like, let's just solve this now so we can have a good day, you know? That's so funny. She could, she could also be a nine though too, because they like, they're, they do the same things, but their motivations are different. Uh, So nines just don't want to be in conflict with uh, anyone. So they just avoid it. Where eights like just retreat to like, okay. Yeah, so be on their be on their own. I guess. In my experience with like emotional brained people, it's like they seem to find my direct action and like logical attempt <laughs> at approaching the situation. They seem to find it as lo- as like um aggressive. Yes, mm-hmm. they find mm-hmm. it aggressive when I'm like I'm just trying to like like I try to rationally lay down all my thoughts and be like, but this is not an excuse for like if I'm the one in the wrong, like this is not an excuse for if they're the one in the wrong. I also don't step down. <laughs> if, yeah. if someone's objectively wrong, then I'm like, you're objectively right. wrong. And I'm not yeah. going to, like, and I get in that with my parents, too. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, because, again, it's something needs to make sense to me. And so, like, inherent respect and stuff like mm-hmm. that doesn't make sense to me. So authority figures, if they've, if, <laughs> yeah, if they've done something wrong, then I say that. And yeah. I get into trouble because then mm-hmm. they're like, no, you just have to respect me. I'm like, yeah. why? Because you're, you're you don't wrong. deserve it. Yeah. Just because you're older, I have to respect your wrong opinion. Like, yeah, I can't. So I can't fact. wrap my head around those types of things. And I tend to be seen as, like, aggressive when I'm just trying to explain something. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would, with some of my friends, they... I like to be as, like, to the point as possible. Like, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. And I like people to be the same way to me. Mm-hmm. And then it makes complete sense to yes. me. We have a back and forth. But there's, with a lot of emotional brain people, I've noticed it's more of a, it's like these, they, they see those big walls of text. To me, mm-hmm. that's like, that's like this is everything and now I'm done. Mm-hmm. But they see that as, like, scary. Like, you're yelling yeah. at me. This is a fight. Yes. And, like, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying mm-hmm. to explain myself logically yeah. and get us through this. And then I'm equally... A little bit frustrated by 
like these little sentence responses that yes. are just that are just like I'm just really sad and I'm like but what why talk to me let's yeah. expand upon that and they just don't seem capable of that in the mm-hmm. same way and it doesn't work for them mm-hmm. so I've I've now come to this realization of like I'm just fundamentally when to tell I'm just fundamentally different than this person and try to do like all the like back work to like <laughs> yes. figure it out yeah. <laughs> but try to, try to figure yourself in their shoes yeah as best as you can but yeah. that's how that's where I usually end up with like the logical versus emotional mm-hmm. brain yeah. behavior yeah Desiree's family they'll like her and her sister will argue and then they'll both go to their rooms and then like six hours later they'll go back to like talking to each other I'm like, why can't we just solve this now? Yeah. Like sometimes when I'm there, they'll fight and one and her sister will go to her room, and I'm like, get back out here, Sky, right now. I'm like, we're solving this right now. Yes. We're continuing this movie. Yeah. Like I just don't see a point. <laughs> and so that's kind of kind of what I do because I bet I'm sure environmental factors also kind of help in that because her whole family's like that, mm-hmm. even her brother and her dad. So I think they just had an environment of when we fight, we'll just, we just cool separate, off separately. Yeah. But like that's not how I am. I like to cool off together and figure yeah. it out like Evan said so yeah just do you think self-awareness is an important factor in a person's growth oh yeah oh yeah yeah I think self-awareness is really important um I like I said overthink myself a yeah. lot and I'm still working on mm-hmm. my self-awareness constantly <laughs> um and I think there's also different angles to mm-hmm. self-awareness that people need to consider because there's like your yourself is not a private existence. Like yeah. you have this outward part that you also need to be aware yes. of that is bracketed mm-hmm. in self awareness. Because I think some people misinterpret self awareness, and I would have this problem too sometimes where I just, because I I've always been a very reclusive person. Mm-hmm. I just go into my own little world. So I would try to develop myself in my own little world, mm-hmm. and then I'm thrust out with this external shell, and yeah. and I've I never properly looked at yeah. it. I think that both angles of the self need to be looked at and taken into account when considering self-awareness, which is what I, in specific, struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do think it's important. I think more people should think about their, themselves more. I totally get what you mean. Like, there's a self-awareness of yourself and, like, how you mm-hmm. think and how you feel about things and how you look at things and how you react to things. But then there's also a version of you that affects other people that if mm-hmm. you don't mess with that and you just mess with the inside stuff and fix that, then you still affect people in a negative way without thinking about it. Yeah. And then there's just people who aren't self-aware at all and just wreak havoc on everybody yeah. else. And those are, I mean, those are the worst people. No one wants to be around those people. Yeah. So it shows how important that self-awareness is. Yeah, for sure. And those people, they always have to be told how to be better, that they're doing something. And usually they say, no, I'm not. There's no, I don't do that. But once people finally break through and realize it, when they become self-aware, that's when they fix something. Yeah, Yeah. I feel bad for those people, too. And that's Mm -hmm. another part of uh, me trying to see things from everyone's perspective. Mm -hmm. But I tend to... um, Growing up, I... I, Well, I didn't have a lot of friends. (laughs) um, Because I I was a reclusive, weird kid. So I just had my small little friend group. So I didn't have, like, much drama. Because I just... To me, it was like everyone was safe. Mm -hmm. Because the people that were nice to me, I was... I just didn't talk to the people who weren't nice to me. Right. Yeah. So I didn't really encounter any, like, dramas till mm-hmm. like, college. And and so I had to wrap my head around this and really <laughs> think out, like, why are these people acting so irrationally? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, just think about it. Just think what you're yeah. doing. It's not that hard. A big thing I realized that also helped me with not being angry about it in the long run in a big way was, like, how miserable those people mm-hmm. are. Because when you're not so, like, like, all of the 
the, the their lack of self-awareness um, impacts them as mm-hmm. well. Um, when you're not aware why you're doing something, like it just feels chaotic, I, I, I feel. Yeah. Um, and all of those, that lack of self-awareness, they push all these expectations onto others and then it bounces back to them. And it's just like, it, it's miserable for everyone because it's miserable for the people around you mm-hmm. when you're not self-aware and it's miserable for the self as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think people don't talk enough about how miserable it is to be a, a kind yeah. of, bad person yeah. <laughs> like, in a way yeah like the people who bully they bully because they're either a self-aware or b their situation that makes them miserable has caused them to reflect that onto other people and so they're also miserable and typically i mean even even in films and stuff but also in real life the bullies are never happy i mean they mm-hmm. they pretend like they like making other people feel crappy but they also feel crappy so it's just like yeah and i try i try not to give every there are people that i don't give the benefit i think there are some people who are aware of their like oh yeah like the bad things they do and are Mm -hmm. just like i don't care though because i like doing it there are people like that for sure so i do try to you kind of have to hone in on the situation Mm -hmm. but i think for a, a, a lot of the people who are not aware of it they're miserable yeah for sure. I would definitely agree. So that's a lot of the reasons why that stuff is important. So my next question is, what was your personality like as a child? And what are some things that you think have changed? What are some things that you think um, have just grown and developed? And then also, and most importantly, what are factors that you think have played roles in the development of your personality? Um, So maybe just like, um, your home, like the home that you grew up in, your parents, your friend groups in school, whatever you think was important to developing your personality. I would say as a child, or I know as a child, that I was a pretty pretty rowdy child. <laughs> I like to make everyone else laugh, and I like to, you know, make my mom a little frustrated and do, do fun, quote-unquote, fun things. But I always told on myself like there was this one time when I was like eight and my sister was five, five, yeah, five. And we had, we got every toy in the house that we owned out. And my mom said, you guys better clean this up. And it was my little five-year-old sister's idea to hide all the toys behind the couch. <laughs> so we hid them behind the couch. And this little five-year-old girl says, if you tell mom that they're back there, I'm going to kill you. Oh and she's God. five years old. And I'm three years old in here. And I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, she's going to kill me. And then I ended up telling my mom. That's always how <laughs> oh I've been. So I've never been able to, kind of like Evan said earlier, I don't see a point in holding something in and worrying that it's going to get found out or just letting it eat myself alive. So if I do something wrong, I'm like, I just tell because I don't yeah. want to let that sit there and let it eat me alive. But that's kind of how I was as a child and I always have been and always will be probably but I would definitely say that my home environment definitely shaped kind of probably me being a five because Mm -hmm. my parents always made us sit down and figure out our problems and I think a huge factor in that is my dad's whole side of the family are not living like he has no living relatives on his side and then my mom's whole side of the family are in Michigan so we've never had really family around we just had our grandparents when we lived in St. Louis but we have nobody the closest people are eight hours away. So we've never really had much other family around. Yeah. So I think my parents have always held like the sanctity of our five small little five people family. They don't want us to be fighting because we don't have anybody else. Yeah. And so I think that's definitely made a big impact. But 
I'd say family and friends definitely have had the biggest impact just because you want to impress your friends when your friends disapprove of something. I mean, not just like acquaintances, like those people, but when you're there, you're really good friends. They definitely change how you are. Yeah. It. Like if you have a cut or all your friends don't like cussing and you start cussing and then you're around them and they disapprove of it, it makes you want to change it. So mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. I think um, your turn. For for me as a kid, um, I think there with the parts of my personality that encompass five, there are things about me being inherently neurodivergent that apply. Um, But as a child, I was actually very, I didn't understand why, but I would get in trouble a lot. I didn't have a filter. Um, I would kind of, I would talk all the time. I would kind of talk at people in a way where I was... I was very into like things and I like to talk about the things that I really liked and so I would just talk to everyone and I would often have my desk put in the hall because and my teacher would say things like you would talk to but you could put you in a corner with a bunch of stuffed animals and you would talk to them (laughs) and stuff like that I was very talkative and that's also what I meant by me being like more of an extrovert actually Um, because it's especially it was especially more visible in my childhood I also didn't have much of a filter (laughs) but so that was how I was as a child in a way, um, but I, I, I did, I was, like, well-behaved aside from that, I just, I, I, I struggled not to talk about everything, and just Mm -hmm. say everything to everyone, Mm -hmm. um, but it was all very, like, factual stuff, so, like, with me not having a filter, like, I would get in trouble for gossip, but I didn't understand what discerned gossip from just telling the truth, and just saying something that happened, because, like, I would just talk about something that happened in class that day, but the teacher would be like, oh, that was supposed to be private. And I'm like, but I don't understand because it happened, so yeah. why can't I say it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have that when I was younger. And then I think, fun- funnily enough, similar to um, Brennan, I we don't really have much family nearby. I would never mm-hmm. see family as just a, like, four-people household. Sometimes visit my grandma. Um, one of them's crazy, so we didn't visit her very often. But we have t- I have two grandmas nearby, and I would visit one of them sometimes, but that was, like, it. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder if that has some factors, having, yeah. like, a smaller family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also more of the... Because I was, like, the least emotional person, mm-hmm. I guess, in the family. So I was very often used as, like, family therapist in oh, a way. Yeah. So kind of like the mediator. Yeah. When, yeah even when I was, like, as did. young as, like, 10, I would yeah. be uh, mediating between my mom and my dad yeah, or, or my brother and stuff. So that was that also may have played had a factor in the way I, I tend to try and look at, like, situations. Mm-hmm. Um, in sixth grade, I had a moment where this is where I sort of became more introverted personality while I'm actually in reality an extrovert and I feel energized around people um, and I do like to talk and stuff but mm-hmm. um, when I looked around and realized that I was like very different than everyone was in sixth grade <laughs> and so I kind of receded into myself so I think this like um, inception of like uh, social anxiety um, and like noticing my my differences might have also had a factor in how I come out to be a type five where I'm more in my own head because I started work I I stopped working things out outwardly and stopped talking to people about everything going on Mm -hmm. in my head and I just started doing it all in my head Mm -hmm. which makes me and has over time I'm very spacey because there's always so much going on in my head um and I think that also might have helped my creativity in a way because I was in my head more Yeah. yeah um but I think that might have played a factor into me forming into this five 
Um, and then also the way my social skills developed, because I'm not good at like making friends myself. Mm-hmm. So I made one friend in sixth grade by myself mm-hmm. because before I really got self-conscious, I would just ask people like, I was really into a game at the time, so I mm-hmm. would just go up to people and ask them, do you like this game? And if they said no, I wouldn't be their friend. Because so, <laughs> I, I, awesome. I just wanted to be friends with people who like the stuff I like. Yeah. Until I found someone who said yes, and then she was my friend, and then I met all my other friends from her. So I've always had these very like tight-knit groups of people who like the same things that I like um, and are very more boxed in with me. Um, so I think that's how I became this, like, more boxed in investigative person is I was quiet. I was always watching everyone because I didn't Mm -hmm. understand everyone. And the only people I had were people very similar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So everyone else seemed like very much like an alien in Mm -hmm. a way. And I would just investigate everyone. So I think that's how I came to be an investigator, perhaps. for sure. So my next question is specifically within the honors program, um, how has being a type five affected your oh experience? So there's definitely been a few times in some forward classes, like comparative religion and stuff where like we'd be discussing quote unquote something and trying to figure out an answer, not specifically with Dr. Ford, but with like other students. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we would have to move on and Dr. Ford or some other professors too would cut us off. And I would sit there and be like, we didn't resolve it. We didn't resolve yeah. it. There's no, there's no winner. There's no clear answer. And so that would really bother me. But it definitely helped, like, especially, like, freshman year when people would get upset with each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, when Indy would get upset with me, I'd just be like, bro, let's talk about it. And he'd be like, all right, and then we'd be good. Yeah. So, like, it's definitely helped me with, with relationships with people that I've been close to and honors. But in classes, it does make discussion a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit more <laughs> hard because... Like Evan said earlier, I can, whenever someone gives me enough reason to think I'm wrong, I'll be like, oh yeah, actually you're right. But then whenever I've logically thought about something for a long time and know or think that I'm right, then I won't back down. Yeah. Like how Dr. Ford says that she didn't try to kill herself and, uh, and, um, awakening. Awakening. Yeah. I mean, she knew she was swimming out there and wouldn't be able to swim after a while. Yeah. I've like always like as a kid, I was on forums and on the internet a lot and I would very much a big part of social interaction for me would be forum arguments about things because I think about, I like, I would play a game or I would watch a show and I, and I would like, I, I really like stuff that makes me think. I right. love watching stuff that makes me think. And I love to come up with theories afterwards and read other people's theories. But then I like to, it's kind of enjoyable to me to like read an article about something and be like, that's stupid. And send it to my friends and then break down why it's stupid. Yeah. And, then <laughs> um, and, and it's just like, I, I, when, I, when I feel that I have fully thought something out logically, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm correct. And yeah. that's the way that it is. So it's, it's something that has been difficult with discussions is yeah. being like learning and being able to like sit back. And thankfully my like, well, thankfully, like it's stressful, but my social anxiety gives me the, the anxiety to just stop. Yeah. But, but it is, it, it's very hard emotionally to like just set it down and be like, yep. they think differently than oh, me. And yeah. that is okay. It's up to interpretation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so many, like so there's many very, facts. yeah, there's very few times where open to interpretation is satisfying yeah. to me. It's mm-hmm. most often not satisfying yep. at all. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a logical conclusion to like pretty much yeah. everything. And I feel very frustrated if there, if there isn't something I can just put my nose on. Right. Yeah. Would you prefer like math or things that have structure to like an open-ended question where everyone can have a different answer? 
because that's how I am. I prefer like structured things to unstructured things yeah. where it's up for interpretation. Like I always hated it in, only in high school because it was more like that in high school, but like the teacher would be like, what does the author mean by this? And it's like a red rose. And they're like, why, why did they say the rose is red? And I'm like, well, because most roses are red. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. And so those are, those kind of like questions just have always ticked me off because yeah. it's always up for interpretation. Do you think it's, the, so fives like, like to prepare and like mm-hmm. to be able to be very prepared for things. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's because you can't really prepare for an open-ended correct yeah, yeah answer to that? I definitely struggled a lot in classes with I do pre-rehearse the things yep. I say in my mm-hmm. head very often. I don't. I'm. I'm also at the same time. I'm very lazy, so I don't actually like write stuff yeah. down or plan stuff out. Mm-hmm. I'm. I can't commit to that. Um, but I. I. I very frequently. Like, so I would have trouble, like, just butting in because I'm like, mm-hmm. wait, I have to get my thoughts together yep. and make yeah. sure that, and, and, and calculate what everyone in the room would, like, how they're going to respond yeah. before I say on. this. And then they move on. Yeah. And so I end Same. up saying nothing. So many times. Yeah. <laughs> but regarding the, like, interpretation thing, I'm in an interesting position because I am, like, a creative. Um, but I would say I'm in an interesting position as a creative and being a type 5 mm-hmm. because I... I can I I understand those interpretive things as rules. I don't mm-hmm. understand them in a sense where it, I am emotionally impacted mm-hmm. by the fact that a rose was red right. to this degree that was intended by the writer. Yeah. I understand it as logically. I know these artistic rules, right. and I understand that red can mean rage or it can mean love. Right. And I and I can piece together the context logically of like yeah. this was given to this person who was their rival. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a sign of rage, even yeah. though it's a rose. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I can put those pieces together. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, obviously this person is depressed. The curtains are blue to yeah. kind of reflect that emotion because that's the common right. metaphor with that. So I can understand these things as logical rules that I have mm-hmm. analyzed over time. Right. And I can look at things that way. So I try to... I've also ran into this problem in class where I try to think like on a totally extra level, I mm-hmm. guess. Like in cinema, I, I struggled with this a lot. <laughs> where I would try to think about these rules that I have established and laid out on the table and it feels mm-hmm. like I even overthink um, metaphor <laughs> and, yeah. and stuff like that. I try to overthink it with structure and logic. So I, I try to look so hard between the lines because I, I do enjoy picking stuff apart. I do enjoy the, the theorizing and the, the figuring all this out and making it lo- making the illogical logical, mm-hmm. I guess, is what I really enjoy. Um, but then people would like... What would please... Um, in class a lot of the time would be like these very surface level yeah. observations yeah. yeah so like we watched um gravity and he liked that i like i no one was saying anything so i decided to point out that like the whole movie was in space there were no cutaways to earth yeah. we were with her the whole time yeah. and to me that's just a factual observation yeah. about the film that's not like i, I understand how that's how that is because i've watched a lot of film and i like mm-hmm. to analyze film yeah. I, so i understand how that is like relevant and what narrative purpose that portrays mm-hmm. but to me that's a very obvious on the surface thing yeah. mm-hmm. so when i'm told to analyze something i think i need to go underneath but yeah. then ford was like yeah very good that I like that, that that's so super yeah. yeah and i'm like oh and it just it's so i and then i'm just sitting there like bewildered because i'm like that was just such like a simple yeah that was just such a simple logical thing so i i i, I think a problem with the with trying to logically break apart um, the illogical is mm-hmm. I try to I try to look into it way more than everyone else. Yeah, so, and then I get kind of 
almost irritated or something when people look at something and, and they see that they make these very <clears throat> surface level observations. So I'll be yeah. like reading an article about like the meaning behind this movie and it'll be just like this very like duh, obviously mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm like, I, it, it's supposed to be deeper, right? Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm at as a creative where I just didn't, yeah. who is logical, where I just end up overthinking right. stuff and trying to make a science out of something that cannot be scientific. Because mm. um, I really, I actually do not like, enjoy um, the more structured uh, classes and stuff. Like I don't, I'm not good at math. I'm not good at science. Mm. Um, it kind of boggles me uh, okay. where the terms get all mixed up in my head. Yeah. Um, and it's just too much to, it's like I try to make it work um like I try to work it in my head in the way I do with creativity Uh, but I can't the way my logic is operates or filters doesn't work that way though I can get eight like I'm better I guess we're all in honors we're all above average academically so yeah I manage I make A's in those classes Mm -hmm. but I don't enjoy them so that's I, I do think I'm in a unique position as a five word I am a creative, and I and I do actually like looking at the illogical, but in a logical yes. filter. I, yeah. That was a lot of words. I hope that came no, out. It's, that totally makes sense. Okay. Do you ever like when we're in class, think of like multiple things that are just so obvious to you, and then someone says it, and Ford's like bowing down to it, and you're like, I could have said that like 20 minutes ago. I thought about that. <laughs> yes, yeah, that, that would happen to me all the time. time. I think about it, and I'm like, so no, many. that's too obvious. Yeah, but same. then someone brings it up, and they're like, wow, and I'm like, you're so what? amazing. I'm like. Like 20 minutes and, I know, and, I, and I hate to and I I really hate like compliments and I hate when people try to all right so I try I don't like being like over people and I don't see myself as a better uh, right, person right. than other people yeah same um, I do notice that's a trait people seem to associate with fives that I do yeah. not identify with at that's, all yeah I was gonna say that's that in the next literally question my next too. question yeah, yeah I was gonna say so that go for question. it <laughs> yeah I do not associate myself I, I I'm not like prideful and I yeah. actually hate being complimented I hate being told like oh, you're smart, or oh, you always say, like, these very, like, like my friends Deep will things. try to say, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, no, I don't, I just want to talk, yeah. I just want to be here and talk and be present like everyone else, I don't want to be above everyone, and I feel mm-hmm. very uncomfortable when I'm told that, and then I run into these problems where I try to talk like that, and then people will be like, oh, so you think you're so smart, yeah, like, or, I, <laughs> or I try to be like, well, I thought of that too, that's obvious, and like, oh, you just think you're smart, and I'm like, no, it just was to me. Yeah. And I don't mean yeah. that now. I'm better or they are dumber yeah. way. I just, I just didn't understand that that was what we're talking right. about here. I didn't understand I'm supposed to say those yeah. those types of things right. that to me are obvious. Um, so that is a, a th- um, at least to me, I would see it as a misconception about this type. But maybe yeah, some same. people do genuinely find themselves to be above others. But mm. I, I do not experience that at all. I don't. Yeah. I don't even consider myself like a smart person necessarily yeah. I think I just think way too much yeah. and which can has positives and negatives just like like thinking or or being able to view things on a on a more mm-hmm. surface level can be very important and very good as yeah. well and has its purposes because there's in my experience with like like logically digging into everything it's mm-hmm. like crazy there are a lot of problems with it as well and mm-hmm. I end up being spacey or thinking too much or like you like we both said like never speaking up in class because yeah. I'm thinking way too hard yeah so and I, I actually think that a lot of the traits that make me a five are the reason that I don't let, don't see myself as over others. Is I just see everyone kind of having their own strengths and stuff. But that might just be me specifically. But I see everyone's purpose. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I see what everyone's good at. And like I wrote about that in my reflective paper. Mm-hmm. I actually talked about everybody pretty much. 
and the people I didn't talk about were the people that I'm like super close to and like I just there was too much to talk about but like I talked about how like Darcy challenged me so hard right off the get-go and like I changed a lot specifically just because of her because we were so different and like I and like she changed swayed my thinking of like certain types of things and stuff like that and I just talked about how like everyone had an impact in some way from our class but I see the see everyone's purpose and like I can really easily look at someone after enough time with them and like see what their strengths are and like it's hard for me I mean I can think of people's weaknesses but I focus more on everybody's strengths you know what I yeah. mean yeah I yeah I really regarding the comments about like people's purposes and mm-hmm. stuff I and and the whole thing with Darcy I really mm-hmm. do enjoy um I kind of see life and like being in like personhood as this constant mm-hmm. incline at least mm-hmm. to me because it, I'm always trying to absorb things mm-hmm. and and become a better person mm-hmm. and I have had lapses in my life where I think I've gone down mm-hmm. but I'm always I always manage to get out of that yep. often through the help of other people being and I and that's part of the reason why I'm uncomfortable when people do like gas me up and and be like <laughs> oh you see that you always say the smartest things is because I've I've experienced those moments where I am wrong. Mm-hmm. And nobody told me, yeah. and I had to figure it out myself. And yeah. then I look back and like, oh no, I was so wrong. That's yeah. I'm. I hate that I said that. I hate that I thought that. And I have those experiences, and and I mean, I I do like owning up to. I like improving, and I like being told I'm wrong, even though it does hurt. Yes. That doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. No one likes being told they're wrong. It <laughs> yeah. hurts right. and it sucks. But I have multiple times, like when I'm told, like, this hurt my feelings, or like you, this ideology that you have is like wrong, like you like you need to talk to me and like I can I'll, I'm willing to talk to you and, and talk out why that's wrong and then change my opinion and I've mm-hmm. had to because people will see me as because I use so many words mm-hmm. they mistake that as like me being a point of guidance so I'll influence people's opinions mm-hmm. of topics and stuff and so they'll start to believe something because I went on a pa- passionate rant about right. it once because to me it was logical at the time mm-hmm. And I'll have to go back and be like, hey, I, I changed my opinion on this. I was wrong. Yeah. I think we should be more open-minded about this. Mm-hmm. And so I do have to backtrack and do yeah. that. But I do enjoy that process of improving as a person and expanding my horizons and opening myself up to as many experiences and types of people and types of things as possible. To me, that's an essential part of being a person mm-hmm. is always yeah. changing. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I Do you ever find yourself having an argument about something or like a discussion about something where you're deferring from somebody and then one day way down the line you change to what they were saying if you ever think back on those old discussions or arguments and think oh my gosh I think the same as them now I do that all the time Mm -hmm. like I'll be like oh I argued with this person over marijuana in high school and now I completely flipped and I wish I could tell them but I'm not going to I do that all the time (laughs) yeah or there's like like I'm online a lot and I'll I'll be getting format I'm like man I said I commented all this stuff and there's no way I can go back and find all those (laughs) comments and apologize to those people because I was just wrong um and I really hate that (laughs) so I try to um I think I'm at a really good point now where this has happened so many times um and I feel like this is something most people could afford to do a little bit better Mm -hmm. is to like really absorb when you are in the wrong and yeah. where I'm I'm at a point now where when I see a situation and I'm like I don't I, I'm able to be like I don't know enough about yeah. this <laughs> that's what I do now too I'm like uh-uh. um and I've learned yeah. the best thing for that is like talking to someone who has personal experience with like mm-hmm. being involved in that or being that whatever yeah. if it's like a group or something and talking yeah. to those people is the is the has always fixed these issues oh, yeah. for me and 
generally change if I if I have a negative opinion of something if I talk to someone who's involved in that it, it it's very easily mm-hmm. like personifies it and humanizes mm-hmm. it so yes, I am now sure. at a point where I've 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 almost like fully removed myself from like judgment or I might yeah. be like judging it a little bit like no I don't know yeah push it away yeah I don't I try to fully understand everything before I have an opinion on it or at least mm-hmm. talk about it and like for me, I always like to know both sides of something before I have kind of, I think it's basically what you're saying. I like to know both sides mm-hmm. and not just like, it's easy to say, oh, this person is this because they're a part of this, but then you could talk to them and they could give you a reason why they think it. And you're like, oh, okay, I can see. You might not agree with them, but you don't look at them the same way as you did because you understand why they thought something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel But like... there is some stuff that you're just like, you're a piece mm-hmm. of shit for thinking that. But <laughs> yeah. we're talking about stuff that's not like that. Yeah, not like horrible abhorrent. Yeah, like, like racist or something like that. Racist like or yeah. like sexual assault. Yeah, yeah like there's just no, like yeah. you're unforgivable. Those are off the table. Yeah, the, but like these little ideologies yes. that I might not understand initially, and so I have these different opinions and then I actually talk to these people and it makes more sense it's usually I've found that this tends to only be a problem with me being closed-minded because I always thought of myself as a Mm open-minded person but then I'm like I can uh, consistently there's more ways for me to open up Mm -hmm. so I try to look like is this me closing myself off to something Mm -hmm. I don't understand or is this a genuinely harmful thing to others Mm -hmm. and so I try to think of it like that and I've we everyone compartmentalizes things because oh, yeah. it's impossible for the human mind to simultaneously comprehend all the complexity of every single person and right. every single way of being. So it's natural to want to box that stuff off. So I feel like with like logic, I'm trying to constant. I'm fighting a constant battle against the urge to compartmentalize and make it easy and to to actually look at it logically and rationally, and remove like that inherent urge to irrationally compartmentalize things Mm -hmm. and to actually like see the bigger picture but it's like a constant but it's always an incline but it's a constant incline of of battling against my own urges to just like log stuff away Mm close-mindedly i was trying to look for what i found there's something in here specifically about compartmentalizing and how fives do that oh yeah i don't remember where it is though oh yeah i think we're good on that one um yeah, so the last question that I have that'll kind of wrap us up is just what is the best thing or, like, your favorite thing about being a type 5, and then also what is your least favorite thing? You kind of um, touched on, like, the good and the bad earlier, but if you had would, to pick one thing. I would say my best and worst thing's the same. Yeah. It's my, the for me, the wanting to tackle something right then and there and not letting it sit, it's great for me but then it causes problems with people who aren't like that. Mm-hmm. So it's good because I get things over with that are stressing me out and weighing on me. But then like with Desiree, where she sometimes wants to get away and just like not talk about what just happened. Yeah. She, we can talk about things, but she has to get over it first. But with me, even whenever I'm like still on it, I still want to talk about it and get over it with logic and words and discussion. And I'll even change my mind often. And that's what, and I actually do change my mind a lot whenever where there's arguments with other people and like not about like specific subjects but like just something annoying each other or something like that I can be swayed but I just like to solve it and sometimes I'm like I'll just say you're right just to not if it's like a like you know an argument but like I agree so that they'll just stop and we're both happy and I'm like you know what whatever I 
they're wrong, but I'll just settle it. Right. And so I think that's a good thing for me because I put stuff behind me, but then it's a bad thing because it can cause arguments. Yeah. Yep. Um, for me, I would say the best thing or my favorite thing about being a five is I've seen that a big part of it can be like creativity mm-hmm. and and thinking inwardly all the time. And I really love the like worlds I create in my head and all of the thinking and, and, and creative work I do is like one of my favorite parts about myself. And it's a lot of people's favorite part of like like growing up. It was like the one positive the consistency my parents could talk about with me is like like oh they're they draw a lot. <laughs> so yeah. they like to draw. Mm-hmm. Um they're they're creative. Um and and I've I've always really enjoyed that, and that's how I just experience the world. I'm always listening to music and making stuff up to the music, and and thinking up stories and doodling and drawing. So that's probably my favorite part of the the five, and always learning of things that I can incorporate into those with like investigating. Yeah, my least favorite part would probably be like the this this inherent inability to like comprehend this a lot of like emotional reactions to things growing up I would struggle a lot with thinking people were intentionally being melodramatic like like why are you acting like that like this is obviously for like drama or something mm-hmm. um when when people would react a certain emotional way and that would get into conflict and I've now realized that people and and I try to always remind myself and, and make sure those people feel valid and are validated by me but people genuinely feel emotions and feel the need to express their emotions in those ways that I don't understand, but that doesn't make them less valid for it. That's just a totally different way of them uh, perceiving the world and expressing how they're perceiving it. Yeah. Um, but I would say that's been like my most least favorite part is that struggle with understanding others to that degree. Because mm-hmm. I have noticed that, at least in my experience, most people I run into tend to be emotional in that regard and and not the the logical brain and i also i I really don't like using those terms because some people will be like oh logical is is like better that's like the oh yeah no yeah like like, logical is rational that's the better one and i don't want to be that person and i don't want to say that because emotional is a totally valid way to experience the world and and i think i'm and i'm happy i've come to a point where i can say that (laughs) but Mm -hmm. a lot of my conflicts have come with like not understanding people and then Mm -hmm. There are other things I dislike, but I've talked, I've, I've touched a lot on that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. I would say number one thing I like, creativity. Number th- one thing I dislike, inability to understand, like, emotional expression in the same yeah. way everyone else can. I would like to change my best thing. Go for it. I was thinking about it. <laughs> like, being an observer and being, like, a logic thing, it really helps you in life. Because I, like, with my mom, I know when to bring something to her Mm. what to do to get her to it almost sounds manipulative but like you know if someone absolutely doesn't want to say yes to something or to let you do something then they're not going to right but I know to fight how to find the right conditions to get Mm. someone to answer the way that I want like (laughs) If I want to go to this place for dinner, then I'll wait for the perfect day when I yes. know that it's going to work. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I do the same yeah. thing. I do the same thing where I, like, can, I, I make, like, these complex plans yep. on how to yeah. get what I want out of people. <laughs> and yes. I, and it's, and I don't think it's, not, I, I, I try not to manipulate people to, like, their deficit or something. Right. I, don't, I don't even want yes. to call it manipulation. To me, exactly. it's just how I interact with yes. people and, and express my needs when I want something. Yep. I'm like, I'm going to figure out 
for mutual benefit, the yeah. absolute best yep. time and way to address this. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's my that's experience exactly. too. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so weird how much like everything you've said I identify with. Yeah. <laughs> like, this thing is It money. is very interesting. Yeah. It's very money. Yeah. Well, that's all I have for you all right. for today. So thank you guys for, for coming on here and being willing to do this. Mm-hmm. Um and as always, this is Carly, and remember, I've got your number.